Last week, the CDC urged Americans not to travel. So, of course, uh, we're traveling. The airports are absolutely packed. What do they expect? We're the same people they had to tell not to eat Tide Pods. From the After 9 Podcast Studios, this is After 9 with Scott and Kat. Yeah! Yeah! Welcome. 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 We had so many downloads yesterday. Thank you, guys. Uh, After 9 is on fire. Audience is growing literally every single day, and we appreciate you. Uh, Now, five days a week, After 9 episodes right here, wherever you're getting this from. But don't forget, if you are maybe a Spotify listener, you can also get it in Apple Podcasts and vice versa, Google Podcasts, just about everywhere. And you can tell your smart speaker Hey, Google, play the Scott and Cat After 9 podcast. And it will. It's yeah. smart like that. It, that's why they call it a smart speaker. Oh, oh shit. By I the just way, said it, and now my fucking oh, Google shit, is doing really? it. Oh, shit, really? Kate, I, I have to tell you about this meme I saw because you're going to love it. And, and the, the wording of it is so great. You and I talk about this all the time. The meme says this. <clears throat> it says... My favorite way to online shop is just to yell at what I'm looking for and wait for Facebook to post an ad for it. <laughs> Isn't that true, though? So true. New scarf! You know, Scarves! There's certain things that just universally we all know, but we can't get confirmation on. We know our phones are listening to us, yeah. and then they're just sticking ads up for whatever it was we were talking about. And in some cases, we didn't even say it. We just thought it, and it fucking it's weird. Knew. Yeah. You know, we all knew for years that Apple was slowing down our iPhones right before a new iPhone came out, but we had no way of proving it. Now they've actually fucking admitted it. So. It's just one of those things where eventually they'll come around and tell us, nah, you're not crazy. We were fucking with you. Okay, well, let, let's just get on with it. I wish they would just come out and say, yes, well, yes, we are screwing with you. There are some settings. I mean, you you pretty much give them control in the terms and conditions if you look it up for some of these. Um, the, the smart speaker is an example. I mean, obviously, it's always listening. It needs to always be listening for you to say, hey, Google, or hi, Google, or whatever the heck you say. That's why it's always listening. So if it happens to hear you talk about the fact that you could really use uh, some great stocking stuffer deals, boom, next thing you know, you got a little ad coming up for Bed Bath & Beyond, for example. Like, that's just kind of the the way shit works. But can I just say, honestly, I'm not even hating on it. Like, I don't even hate on it. Don't hate on it at all. I'm one of those people, it doesn't bother me. I don't really care about privacy. I'm not that exciting. I I do nothing really illegal. (laughs) really illegal so i don't really give a shit if you want to listen in on my conversation and it just so happens an ad pops up for something i was talking about the other day great thanks for the convenience i found a lot of sales that way so i personally although i joke about it a lot i actually i I don't give a shit i really don't care track me let me know where the deals are let me know where the closest gas station is and make life a little bit easier for me i'm okay with it thank you really appreciate that Okay, you know what I did, though? I mean, when I was trying to point out that you can use your smart speaker to, to play the podcast, mine actually did in the other room. So now I hear myself, and I hear you, and then I hear me again. <laughs> you got to go turn Here, it off. Hang on one yeah. second. Hang on. This will take me two seconds. By the way, I mean, 
uh, like Scott mentioned, the smart speaker is great for that kind of thing. So you can say, hey, I would like to hear the After 9 podcast. You can also listen to our FM yeah. morning show. There's okay, still a lot of I'm people. Back. Hang on. There's still. I was just telling them something. Hang on here. We're having a conversation. Oh, yeah. You just, so, you're going it alone, are you? I, 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 well, I was just letting people know that speaking of the smart speaker, I had somebody who um, I, I bumped into not too long ago that used to listen to us on our last station. And we're like, oh, I'm so bummed. And there are still people trying to figure out how to listen to us in the morning. So if you like what you hear on the podcast, you want to hear something a little bit different, music is in there as well. That um, You can also get us on your smart speaker. Just say, play 91.5 The Beat. I find some you have to say, play 91.5 The Beat, which is irritating because it's, it's rude, rude to, to point. point. Yeah. yeah. It's rude to point. But but try a couple of things out. But it's 91.5 The the beat uh, in Kitchener, and uh, you should be able to get us there. We're on 5.30 to uh, 9.30. Okay, let's go down to the States here. We're going to land in Oregon, where a man is suing his doctor. The doctor he went to to be treated for for depression By because way, of his failing marriage. Being a doctor in the States, this is one of the reasons it sucks. Because you can sue the shit out of anyone for anything here. Here in Ontario, here in Canada, it's a lot different. But anyway, continue. Here's the situation. This was the family doctor. The guy's name is Pearson Tone, 47-year-old, suing his doctor for $2.9 million in the Deschutes County Circuit Court. So the guy says that he, his wife, and their two children were patients of Dr. Rosen at his practice in Bend. He was feeling a little anxious. He knew his marriage was on the rocks, and he thought, i got to get my head right so that I can fix my marriage and, and make this okay. So he goes to the doctor. Doctor does a couple of things, tries to treat him, and that's very admirable, by the way. To, to reach out when you need help, to actually seek some professional help, mm-hmm. I think that's amazing. Yeah. I know not everybody's in that right headspace at that time, but the fact that he went to get treatment is good. So he goes... The doctor was tasked with treating his depression that he was experiencing because of the marital issues. He prescribed him marijuana and CBD and offered him counseling on how he could improve the relationship with his wife. Okay, sounds like the doctor did all the right things, right? Mm-hmm. No, the doctor did one thing wrong. The doctor was fucking his wife. No, you can't do that. That's why there was marital problems. She was having an affair with the doctor that he went to to try and get treated for depression and anxiety over the marital issues. Uh, How? I mean, I say, how does that happen? But we all know stuff like that can happen. Sure. But how as a doctor? I mean, yeah, you deserve. I'm sorry. You deserve to get sued. Like you've got one job. You've got one job, and that's to respect your clients in all of those ways, right? You've got a list of things you can't do. Patient, doctor, confidentiality, all those things. And one of them is don't fuck them. And if you do feel romantic feelings, like... <laughs> you had one job. Don't fuck don't the patient. fuck your fucking clients. And, and, uh, and if you feel the, an urge to, even if you feel anything for a patient, it could just be a har- what seems like a harmless little flirt or, hey, I'm kind of attracted. You're supposed to get the fuck out. Just so everyone's made clear about that, you shouldn't even be attracted because you shouldn't even begin to start thinking about the possibility of maybe doing something with them, let alone fucking them. That's not what you're supposed to do. Do you think this guy should get $2.9 million from Dr. Ronald Rosen, who, by the way, is married himself and has kids? Oh, (laughs) this doctor's an 
I don't say this often, an idiot. He's this a total idiot. Doctor's an idiot. I mean, we should make him the chief medical officer of somewhere. Honestly, <laughs> dude, what are you thinking? It's not even just your. I mean, he's married to like. It's not even just your fucking home life. You ruined your career. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, I think he should get. I think yeah, you can sue for that. You can sue in the. You can sue for anything. So this guy just seems to be in the right. This patient of this doctor seems to be in the right to me. I, I don't. I mean, I don't even want to throw money on it because I feel like. Wow, this doctor done fucked up so bad that, yeah, maybe he should pay that much because what a stupid idiot. Can you imagine losing? I mean, at what point do you say, you know what? She's not worth it. I don't know. Maybe she's really hot. Maybe she's super sweet. Maybe there's some sort of a connection. But at some point, you need to draw the line and say, it's not worth it. You know, if he's the doctor thinking about getting into it with this woman, he's going to ruin her marriage. Ruin his own marriage, probably lose half his shit in the yeah. divorce, and probably lose his license to practice medicine. Well, and, and just do, he, let's say that scenario. Nobody's worth that. Let's say that the scenario is accurate, though, Scott. Let's say this is the woman of your dreams that came in, and holy shit, I'm having an epiphany. I'm in love with this person. You do it the proper way. You say, stop right there. I cannot be your doctor. I cannot be his doctor. I'm going to take myself out of this situation completely. And just so you know, I am interested in you. I don't know how quickly you can jump on that. I'm not sure of the legalities and the things behind it. Let it be aware. I have feelings for you. And if she reciprocates that later down the line, okay, you might get your ass beaten, but at least you're not going to lose your job. Like you're fucking dumb all the way around. Like Mm -hmm. every single part of what he did was stupid for someone who has so many diplomas, I'm sure, hanging on the fucking wall. I heard an interesting theory today, and I don't put a lot of stock in this theory, but I'm going to repeat it anyway because, hey, uh, I don't uh, know it all. Maybe this person's onto something. Scott, have you noticed how much construction they're doing lately? They're trying to jam it in because the snow came early this year. That's why all the roads have got pylons up and alternating lane closures i think part of the strategy behind the toronto and peel lockdown is so that they could get cars off the road for construction (laughs) (laughs) okay i mean somebody thought this through and they've come up with a conspiracy theory in their head about this and i don't even want to say they're crazy now i don't necessarily think that John Tory and Bonnie Crombie and Patrick Brown and Doug Ford and Christine Elliott all got together and said, guys, people are going to be right pissed off with all this construction. So let's lock them down and they won't even fucking notice. No, I don't think it happened like that. But I also don't know that they're necessarily disappointed that they're going to get the roads fixed up before we get into a real serious snowfall. Look, there's not a lot of pros to COVID. OK, I think we can all agree here. There's not a lot of pros. One of them for me. One of them, for a lot of people who are still on the roads, is the the complete lack of cars. It's fabulous. You can get from, you know, Kitchener to Toronto in record time right now compared to what you could this time last year. Right. So, yes, that is a pro. Again, it's I think it's the only one I can think of right now. So why would they not, even if, let's say, they're tooling their construction schedule around this, why would they not up their efforts at a time where there are less cars on the road and take it as a little bit of a win in the shitty, shitty situation? I do not think it was planned that way. I do not think they were like, let's lock down so we can do construction and nobody bitches. They don't care if you bitch. They'll do construction anyway. 
Have you not been on the 401? Have you not been on the 427 for the last five years? It's a piece of shit. And it's yeah. always going to be a piece of shit. So I don't think it's purposely done. But I don't blame them for taking advantage of the lack of cars on the road right now. And, and I'm talking about cities too. Municipalities um, or if it's big construction projects. Do it. Do it while there's less cars on the road. Do it, do it, do it. Go for it. You know, I just don't understand what the strategy is when it comes to construction on the roads. And let me give you an example. The last time I was over in Europe... I was in Scotland this time last year, actually, and I was walking through a great town called Stirling. It's just north of Glasgow, and they've got these cobblestone roads, and those roads have been there for centuries, centuries, still the same road. Then you come back here and drive the 401, which is filled with potholes. (laughs) They just finished it two years ago. How are some in in existence for a couple hundred years, and then you get another one that was just built that looks like it's been through war? What are we doing differently here, and why? Do we have more drivers on the road? Is it that, or are the companies that build the roads maybe uh, chintzing out a little bit on the materials and the work because, well, who are you going to call when the road gets fucked up? you got to call them back and hire them again to fix it. I've heard that way too much, and I don't know enough about it, but if if there's any truth to that, Scott, it upsets me beyond belief. I've heard a lot about contracts and the amount of money that the companies get per contract, and if it goes over, they get extra money. So they'll purposely dilly and dally because they know, well, extend it for a couple months. It's great. Extra money. Why not? So they will do it on purpose. I'm not sure if there's someone looking over that. Like, is there some kind of a control of that? And someone watching their every move? Maybe there should be, if not, because that kind of makes me nervous. I hear that way too much. Over the weekend, Toronto bylaw officers laid 39 charges for people that were violating the COVID-19 protocols. This was before the lockdown began. This was people that were having one last party or get-together before the restrictions kicked in yesterday. 39 people. Now, does that mean that was just 39 like real flagrant violations or have they actually started enforcing it? Because that's one of the things that I hear from or hear about the most is people complaining that there's no consequences to people who break the rules or very seldom anyway. Do you think they're getting more aggressive on the ticketing? I don't know. I wonder, is it that? I would love to know the answer. Uh, Is it that or is it? Is there more uh, tattling, tattling on the people? <laughs> that lo- could be they a got thing over. Too. They got 110 tips from the yeah, public like, about gatherings that were taking place. 39 charges late. Right, and I think that if I'm not mistaken, like if, if this had happened a couple of months ago, if let's say you call bylaw, ah, my neighbor's having a party re- reception at their house. I heard nothing much happened. But now maybe they're just actually answering the call. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and, and acting on it. I, I don't know what the answer is. Um, I'm glad to see that some action is taken, though, because some of it's just ridiculous. Like, I mean, come on. Do, if you have six people in your household and you're supposed to have five, let's say, okay, like I can understand letting that slide. But some of these people are having fucking ragers or wedding receptions in their home, cramming 50 people in the place. Yeah, so you gotta get you gotta take you gotta get in trouble for that. Like that's just kind of the way it goes. Well, I mean, the things that used to happen in restaurants and at banquet halls, like you said, are happening in places where people feel like they're less likely to get a ticket or where they think no one can stop them from doing stuff in their own home. So whether it's a baptism reception or a wedding reception or a 
company Christmas party? They're just happening in private now. And I guess really the only way we would know is if somebody rats them out. Exactly. The problem is nobody wants to be a rat. Yeah. yeah nobody. There, yeah. There are some people that don't mind doing it or they're really – honest to goodness worried and i understand those people you know if you got if you got someone with like a autoimmune in your family or or an elderly person living with you and you find it your neighbors having a rager next door it p- might piss you off because you know how susceptible to to the things people are around you so you take it personally so you call I mean, I get it but i know that it's going to happen like christmas is coming it's going to happen it's totally going to happen you might as well call bylaw on me right now cuz no matter what uh, December 25th, from about 3 in the afternoon till about 7 at night, there's going to be a decent number of people at my place. And I'm ready for it. How uh, many you want to find are... me? Go ahead. It's just sort of the way it's going to happen well, this year. And for me, it's still, I mean, I go back to, I know we're not supposed to be under a bubble system right now anymore, but to me, it still is. That's still how it works. You still have people seeing people and, and you're in a bubble. So why why is the difference? You can't see them on Christmas, though. Nope, nope, nope. You could see them the next day, though, individually with the, a couple other people. Like, how does that make any sense that five of us can be in a room one day and five of us in another, but we can't all be in the room at the same time the same, at, at the same day? It's stupid to me. There's lots of new COVID benefits that have rolled out recently. This is the government trying to make things easier for people that have lost their jobs or businesses that have had to close their doors. The rent subsidy is the most recent one, although it's weird because you had to be fully paid up on your rent in order to qualify for it. You got to pay your rent to get help to pay your rent. It's kind of backwards if you think about it. But anyway, um, are we going to be able to talk about the information that you learned about some of the government subsidies or no? Oh, yeah. I mean, I can just tell you um, that it's bad. Like there are people, a lot of people collecting money that shouldn't be collecting money that still either don't maybe don't know or don't understand that they're not supposed to have the money they have. And how can they not get it, though? Yeah, well, well, but think about it. How how easy was it for people to grab that CERB when it first came out? You and I could have applied. We've been, we've been working the whole time. You and I could have still applied for the CERB. We probably would have got money the whole time. They weren't questioning it. They weren't questioning it. And now, they are. although they're starting to do the questioning, they're basically just issuing warnings right now at this point of, hey, just so you know, you're already under this and this. You cannot, you don't have access to this money. And then the people go, Oh, well, what do you mean I don't have access? Well, I can keep what I have. No, you can't. Oh, you can't. The government will ask for that money back, and they will ask with a vengeance. They are not allowed to now. Just know that. They're not allowed to ask you for any of that money. But when they're allowed to, when they're given the green light to do it, you better believe they'll find a way to take that money back. Do you really think they're going to, or do you think there's going to come a day when they're just going to throw their hands in the air and say, yeah, you know what? We forgive the debt. If you took the money and you shouldn't mm. have, okay, fine. Or do you really think they're going to hard go after somebody who's making minimum wage and lost their job in a, I don't know, sweeping up hair at a salon? They lost their job through no fault of their own, but they shouldn't have been getting the syrup because of this or that. Do you really think they're going to go after that person and say, mm, you owe us $10,000? They will go after the person. Or they'll create an extra layer. They'll say, okay, so here's the deal. You collected $8,000 over this span of time. That wasn't supposed to be yours. However, in looking at your circumstances, you may apply for this. And based on the results of this, we'll ask for a certain amount back, but it might not be the full amount. But people will have to give that money back that don't that aren't actually supposed to have it. Do you know how many of them, too, is what I learned from, from a friend of mine. 
that are senior citizens. It's oh, going no, to really? hit them hard because apparently some of them that are already that were already being given money didn't understand how it worked and applied for that on top of stuff they were getting. And you can't just stockpile anything and everything that you have. You can't stockpile EI on top of CERB. There's two. There's different things, right? Different levels of help from the government. And a lot of them were taking multiple. And they didn't understand that they could not do that. They don't qualify for that. But well, they this were is part of the it. problem with only getting your information from your dumb little friends on Facebook. Yeah, that's I mean, that is one issue. At the same token, though, the government's not innocent in this either because they did not. They made it way too easy. They made it way too easy to get that money, in my opinion. Way too easy. It should oh, not come have been on. They had an obligation to get money in people's hands because they had just lost their job and rent was coming due and uh, they had to get the money out the door quick. They didn't necessarily have time to ask a lot of questions. For months, some people have been getting this for months, Scott, for months are still getting it now that are not qualified to get it. How have you not raised a red flag with them? They're not reaching out to every single person telling them, hey, FYI, <laughs> you actually, all that money is not yours. They're not doing it. They're not going to do it until they fucking next year comes along. And then they're like, we, are, we get the okay? Great. Guess what? You don't actually get that. You don't actually get that. They're not taking the time. So if you're going to dish it out, make sure you take the time to check on it a month later or however long it takes. I know that they probably need some manpower, and apparently they are in need of hiring people right now, just so anyone knows uh, that's interested to work for the government, because collections is going to be a big thing. I feel bad for people that are going to end up in a real shitty situation if it truly was a misunderstanding, because it was a little ambiguous. I totally get it. Well, that's why there should be a little, and that's why I said, hey, there should be a little gray area where maybe they should come up with uh, with a system of an in-between system here where, okay, you know what? We don't necessarily need all the money back because we understand how you might have... It's going to be a case-by-case basis, though. And think about how long that's going to take to get through all those people. Do you know how many billions of dollars there are out there from this? It's insane. There's also people who feel that if the government is going to just start handing out the taxpayer's money, that as a taxpayer, they're entitled to get their share of it. Uh, When you add it up, I believe every man, woman and child in this country spent almost $30,000 on COVID-19 so far. Mm -hmm. How much did you get? Because I didn't get a fucking penny. Yeah. But see, None. that's why they can't just let it be, let it go. They can't just sit there at the end of this and go, okay, well, we'll call this a great reset too. And you know what? Don't worry about it, guys. We got you. They're not going to do that. Do you know how many people are going to hound them? It's the rich ass people, by the way. And yes, there are rich ass people that are taking benefits that shouldn't be. And right now they can't seize anything. Speaking of the Great Reset, I do want to have a good conversation about that here in After 9. We'll do that soon because the Great Reset has got a lot of people talking right now. And as far as we know, it's not even really a thing. I've seen one reporter try and question Justin Trudeau about it, and he skirted around that question so fucking quick. It was crazy. Yeah. But the Great Reset will be coming up on another After 9. Uh, The reason I brought up the benefits is only because a group of Greater Toronto Hamilton area mayors wrote a letter to both levels of government above them saying that people are confused about whether or not they're covered if they get a positive COVID test. So there's a lot of people that are going to work that are actually symptomatic and capable of spreading, but they're afraid that if they get a positive test, they're going to be forced to stay home and they'll lose too much money. I understand the the dilemma, particularly for those who are self-employed. A good friend of mine's a contractor. He redoes people's rooms in in their homes. Nobody's taking care of him if he gets a positive COVID test and has to self-isolate. So if he wakes up in the morning and he's got the sniffles or a headache or something like that, 
uh, chances are there's a, a COVID possibility there. Mm-hmm. He's still going to work because he doesn't get anything if he stays home. And there's a lot of people like that. And now the mayors want the government to do a better job at explaining what benefits are out there and what will happen to compensate you or take care of you if you get that positive test. If you want to read the letter that they wrote to the government, you can at scottandcat.ca. Scottandcat.ca. Black Friday, three days away. Is there anything you're looking for? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm doing all my most of my shopping online, although my I'm doing my very best to support local businesses, so I have a couple of shops that I have to head to. Um, but otherwise, I'm not going out on Black Friday. There's no big enough deals. And honestly, Black Friday's kind of be kind of been dwindling in the last several years, just in terms of it's not all about that day. And I'm never really into the door crasher specials. Like, there's nothing there that I'm usually like, gotta line up for hours <laughs> around a lot of people for that item. There's nothing, Scott. There's nothing, Scott, I want that badly for a 20% discount, because usually the discounts are pretty shitty. There's nothing I want. So, no. The answer is definitely no. But I'm looking online, and there's a lot of Black Friday week deals. You know how this works. Black Friday month. And then it turns into, like, Black Friday year for the rest of the year. Like, all that shit. That's so, stupid. I hate it when of- they do that. That whole thing's stupid, but I, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm keeping an eye on, on things, but mostly online. I'm not exactly sure why they had to do this, but they're calling it price stocking. That's when you are constantly checking up on a specific deal or price online to see if it gets any better. They say 64% of us do it. Half said that when they're stocking an item online, they check the price at least once a day. You got to really want something to be checking the price that often. I mean, it's one thing if it's a car. Okay, 20% off, $30,000, that's a pretty substantial savings. But if you're waiting for a 20% discount on, say, uh, I don't know, an Amazon Fire Stick, eh, I don't know if I'd really line up in the middle of the night outside Walmart to try and save $15. Yeah, preach. 60% of people who have price stocked, quote unquote, Say they've missed out on something because they waited too long and it's sold out. Yeah, I'm like that. Come on, go cheaper, go cheaper. Just five more dollars and I'll buy it. Down five more dollars. Throw me a free shipping and I'll buy it. (laughs) Oh, speaking of shipping, I'm sorry. I know we've got Canada Post listeners here and we love you. But I, I definitely realize that it's not you that makes policy. You aren't the person in charge. But what a fucking joke that organization is. I'm shipping something. Uh, I sent my daughter a new iPad because she needs it for exams coming up and she needs a second screen. Did she tell you she needs that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, she said she needs it. And uh, I don't know. She's she's away. I so I, too, I feel Scott. bad. What? <laughs> I, I just. <laughs> oh, it's my daughter. If she asks for something, I she's going to get it. It's just the way it works. I know how it works. But she says she needs an iPad. So I bought her an iPad. It was being shipped out of Surrey, B.C., I assume that's where the Best Buy warehouse is, I guess. Okay. But it it came out of Surrey. It had to go through the Richmond sorting station, Richmond, just outside of Vancouver. Yeah. And she's in Kelowna. So this is interprovincial. It's going from Surrey, B.C. to Kelowna. The order was placed on November the 17th. It was shipped on November the 18th. Canada Post needed to get it exactly four hours. And I understand that there's the detour there at the sorting station in Richmond. But I'm following this on the tracker, and they say it won't be delivered until this Thursday. That will be 
nine days to move something four hours. Nine <laughs> days. That would be if you tried to ship something from, say, Toronto to Ottawa, and it took a week and a half. Wow. Yeah. And, and one I- of the problems is I would have gladly paid more for shipping to have it go FedEx or UPS or DHL because it would have been there in less than 48 hours. But the only shipping option was Canada Post. Mm-hmm. I think more retailers should at least offer the option. Yeah, you can have the free shipping or the cheap shipping here. Or you can pay and get it there much faster. Companies that do that, I like you. When you've only got the one option and that one option is Canada Post, this is why people get pissed off with online shopping. I I like that option too because sometimes I don't take it, right? Sometimes I'm like, yeah, I'll pay $3 for shipping and it'll come in, you know, up to 20 business days. I'm fine with that. I don't need it. But when I really need it and that's the only option it gives me, I'm like, shit, I might not get it in time. And I know. First world problems, guys. We know that. We know. We know. We're aware. It's frustrating, though. I mean, I could have shipped this to the States and had it there in three days because Canada Post just takes it to the border and washes their hands of it. And then the USPS takes over and they seem to be fairly efficient now that they don't have all those mail-in ballots to deal with. So, uh, fuck, guys. I mean, it shouldn't take that long. At what point do we say to ourselves, yeah, there's a problem here. We could probably look into that. We should probably uh, try and fix this up here, especially with the holidays coming. Basically, what you're telling me is if I want to buy something now for Christmas, I probably should have ordered it in September at the rate we're going to, here. To be honest with you, I'm seeing a lot of that. And it's not, but I'm not just going to call out um, Canada Post because there's actually a few, FedEx included, that are screwing some things up based on what I'm seeing. And it seems as though we, ha- we will have some issues for sure because more people are shopping online. I mean, we mentioned that, right? Because of COVID, people are more afraid of the malls. Totally makes sense. So they're shopping online. And some aren't used to the fact that shipping might take a little bit longer than usual. I don't trust anyone, Scott. If I'm not shipping it to my house by the end of the week or ordering it by the end of the week, I don't trust it'll be here in time for Christmas. I really don't. Yeah, I'm a little worried about it too. But then back to the other problem. You can't shop in stores in two of the biggest areas in the province. So what other option do you have they're but gonna, leave your region to go and shop somewhere gonna else? they go to somewhere else to shop for it. Yes, that's Ugh. exactly what's going to happen. Like, it's not going to be a great month for us in terms of pandemic. <laughs> uh, DM here. It is from Kimber Girl. Why are so many people holding parties in storage lockers and cube storage units right what? now? What? I didn't know that was a thing. I didn't get invited to no storage party. Actually, you know what? She's got a point. There's two stories in the news today. One of them goes back to those charges that we talked about earlier in the podcast that were laid in Toronto this week or this weekend. People having COVID parties in storage units. There was another one in Mississauga. I guess people feel like they can't rent out a hotel to have a party anymore. So they rent out like a fucking storage unit where they can close the door and everything is good. They paid for it. They're allowed to be there. There's no restriction on how many people can be in a storage locker. So here we go. Look at people finding creative ways to get around it. (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, Thank you for that. I don't know why people are partying in a storage locker these days, but uh, (laughs) creativity is a good way to put it. Uh, Last but certainly not least, this is another story that is on scottandcat.ca right now. Um, Actually, we'll do two more. Elon Musk has got so much fucking money. Now he is the second richest man right behind Jeff Bezos, the owner of Amazon. Elon Musk is now number two. He bumped Bill Gates down to number three. Wow. 
Here's the thing that I find interesting about this. Elon Musk is a creative genius. He's come up with some incredible inventions, including SpaceX. He is, has revolutionized the process of getting a person into space. Next, he's going to the moon where he's going to set up a base, and then he's going to be going to Mars. And eventually, it's basically going to be like taking the bus between Earth and Mars. People will be able to go into space. They could go to the moon. They could go to Mars, wherever. NASA calls him when they need to get their people into space up to the International Space Station. He's doing it right. But the reason that he went up an extra almost $8 billion in wealth was because the stock in Tesla has gone up so much in the last little while. Imagine that. You are the guy that is single-handedly putting astronauts on the moon, and that's not your primary source of income. It's your battery-powered cars. Yes. No, that makes sense to me because that's everyday items. Everyday items and things that people want to be with and around every single day, like Apple computers and Apple phones, like Teslas and their technology, which, by the way, is used in a lot of different things and not just the car. It makes sense because that's everyday items. And when you add that up, that's massive. Not everybody's going to space, you know, with Elon Musk. Not everyone's paying into that. But many people will pay into a Tesla and all of his um, technology that he's created based off of that. So, yeah, I mean, he he's to say rich is such a minuscule thing, but he is just absolutely loaded. He's worth $127.9 billion. Crazy. It'll probably be 128 by the end of the day at the rate the stock is going at now. Man, do what even, do you do with $128 billion? Yeah, how do you even understand? How do you even begin to comprehend that much money? Like, I don't even know what you do. And he, if I'm not mistaken, he is, is he still single or is he just dating? He doesn't have kids, right? I don't think he has he's kids. I do young. think he has a girlfriend or a hundred. Right, right, right. Yeah, and he's a relatively young guy still, too. I mean, we're not talking about like an old man that's created all this company and is now 80 years old. He's young. So, I, I don't know. I'm pretty impressed, to be honest with you. And he, and he wants to work. He keeps working. He goes in every—he's one of those people that's rich but works every single day. Not only does he work every single day— Anytime he's around, he'll go into the actual Tesla plant and talk to the employees. He's the kind of boss that'll just walk in with a tray of coffee. Say, hey, I picked up uh, eight coffees here. Help yourself, guys. Ask people how they're doing. Imagine being a person working for minimum wage on the line at Tesla and Elon Musk comes in worth $128 billion and he's bringing you a coffee and asking you about your day, what you did last night. Oh, are your kids into soccer, baseball, whatever? Yeah, yeah. How are they doing? Like, just has a regular, everyday conversation with them as the second richest man alive. That's nice. I just respect someone who can easily get up and walk away, but doesn't because they are so passionate. And that's the reason he got to where he is, because he's so passionate about what he does, he continues to do it every single day. He doesn't want to give it up. He could easily. Not only could he easily give it up, he could easily give it up and still be the richest person for years and years and years still be on that list. Eventually, fact. we'll all be driving a battery-powered car, I would sure. think. Right? And a lot of that technology is thanks to what him and his team have, have done. So good on him. Why haven't they released a Tesla conversion kit? In the same way that if you have a propane barbecue right now, you can just buy a little adapter and make it a natural gas barbecue if you move to a house that has a natural gas line. 
Why haven't they released like a Tesla kit? Where because you just- your barbecue can't crash into a mountainside. That's why. No, 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 no. But what I mean is, why can't I just go to my mechanic no. and say to him, hey, I want to make this electric. Take the gas engine out and put the electric engine in and it just works. Why can't we do that? That's dumb. You might as well just get it. You should just start fresh with a brand new car. Nobody wants to do that. You know, I don't want to put that in my CRV. I want a brand new fucking Tesla. I kind of want a Tesla too. They look amazing. I don't know a single person that has a Tesla and doesn't love it. Yeah. Doesn't love it. Uh, what I wanted to get to here, the last thing is, and and I don't know, maybe this is the Great Reset. Who, who knows? According to astronomers, this Christmas is going to be quite special. Jupiter and Saturn are going to appear closer to each other in the night sky than they have in nearly 800 years. It's a Christmas planetary alignment. They will come together and appear less than a full moon's width apart. Just after sunset on the winter solstice. It's weird, right? That's neat. Neat? Okay. The conjunction, as they call it, is going to be visible from December the 16th until the 25th. Why is that It's actually going to run from the end of Hanukkah to the beginning of Christmas. Oh, cool. The next time it's going to happen will not be until 2080. But they will be much higher in the sky, and not all of the Earth will be able to see it. Hmm. The next such conjunction of two bodies after that will not be until the year 2400. It's going to happen right over Sagittarius, the uh, star sign. A planetary alignment at Christmas hasn't happened in 800 years, won't happen again for a very long time. That's cool. I don't know. Cool, yes. Cool. What's it, what, yeah, what, hey, that's what, fucking it freaks neat. you out? Why are you, why are you so freaked out, man? Because it's 2020. I, then that should make you not afraid. Like, it makes me less afraid of anything because I'm like, fuck it, man. We've been through so much shit this year. What else? And what else? You know what? I think if anything, it, it'll probably get better. Maybe all of a sudden it's going to just fucking rain money when that happens. <laughs> Maybe we deserve that. So. Keep being optimistic, because you never know. Maybe it'll rain Teslas, and we can all have one. Well, that'd be a nice little storm. I'd Wouldn't be happy it? to do that. Yeah. Heads all up, right, thanks for, listen- <laughs> thanks for listening to After 9 today, everybody. All those stories that we just talked about are available right now at scottandcat.ca. We'll have another brand new episode coming your way tomorrow. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. (laughs) And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.